Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub and all of our advertising revenues will be donated to support this fantastic initiative. It's now based at the Lions Centre on Bolina Road and it's run by our own Kelly Webster. This is a friendly food bank supporting families in the Bermondsey and SE16 area. If you can help support the Lions Food Hub in any way, please visit at Lions Food Hub on Twitter or get in touch with us at Achtung Millwall. The Lions Food Hub. Come on, you lions. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no substitute. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a quick fire edition of Achtung Millwall. In the wake of yesterday's transfer window, um, I hesitate to call it drama at the den, but anyway, yesterday's transfer window. Joining me in this edition is the boy himself. London football scene, it's called, Ryan. I never get this right, do I? At the moment, uh, you can just call me freelance. I'll, uh, I'll freelance. Do <laughs> <laughs> Are you free, Lance? <laughs> Welcome to Freelance. <laughs> Ryan Loftus, welcome to the show, mate. Good afternoon. How are we all doing? We're doing fine. Um, also online is the 72 plus podcast host, Mr. Radio 5 Live himself. It's Aaron Paul. Welcome to the show, Aaron. All right, Nick. All right, mate. How's it going? In the, so we speak in the wake of yesterday's transfer window, dear listeners. Um, chaps, I mean, some of it was expected, um, kind of in, in the case of Marlon Romeo leaving the den. And some was unexpected. I mean, the, the main, the only incoming name is the Shei Ojo. And that was a name I didn't expect at all. It wrong-footed me slightly. I mean, um, Ryan or Aaron, I mean, do you know anything of Shei Ojo? I mean, how, how good a player is he? Is he, I watched, is he prospects. I watched him at Fulham a few seasons ago. He he, he went into Fulham um, on loan uh, in 2017. He seems like one of these players who just sort of friendly goes on loan. He comes to the Liverpool Academy. He's played a few games for them, but, you know, 24 years of age, it's loan, 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 loan. Uh, he was at Cardiff yeah. last year. I think got a few goals from, four or five goals from last season. But just, I don't know. I mean, it, it was needed, but is he coming into play as a wing-back? Like, it's a question. I'm, I'm not sure. Um I was going to say, Nick, I think the way you intro the pod was very generous. I was going to say this pod is to, to cushion the disappointment of the transfer window because <laughs> I think there is an element of disappointment, isn't there, um, around around 
the, the business that the club have done this year. Um, it's still the same. It's it's kind of the same old. It's it's basically. Do you know what it is? I'll give I'll, I'll give you the analogy. This is the transfer window for Millwall this season. Is you're outside, you're walking down the strip in like I'd be for a Magaluf or my wherever you are, and some club promoter comes up to you. Oh my god, amazing atmosphere in there. It's great. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, amazing. Free drink here. This, you know, there's there's fucking whatever there is inside. It's great. There's black guys doing Superman in there instead. Yeah, basically, and it's just it's just like right. We've been told a bit of a dream here. Um, John Daddy Bod Varson's still there. You know, I don't know. No. <laughs> Bod Varson's still there. Bradshaw's still there. Jed Wallace is still there, which is a good sign. It's always, a good thing. Yeah. Always a good thing. But again, like, I think it's just a little bit light in key areas. Like, you know, where you see other clubs sort of doing more shrewd business, they all seem to go down a certain route and they've gone down that route and they've brought in, what, six players, three, three permanents, three on loan. One of them's a backup keeper. It's it's a bit underwhelming. It's a little bit underwhelming. What what that is? If it's Gary Rowett, if it's the board, no one knows. Um, let's just hope that there will be some free transfer action going on. I, I'm I'm really kind of hanging my hope on that. Ryan, have you ever been caught in that club that um, Aaron's described there, where you find black lace when you were sold? I'm trying to think of a hit band, listeners. The only one I can think of is the is it Corncraft that do a kind of like a clubby kind of song. Have you ever been in that club? Right, you know, you no, know, I'm, I'm, uh, as you, as you know by now, I'm far too cynical to be drawn in by all of that in the first place. So, uh, I say firmly walking up and down the strip and, uh, probably an early night in bed for me. No, it's, I, I have to agree with Aaron. It's, it's a very odd one this year because our, the transfer business, if you've asked before the season kicked off, you go, we've actually done really well. You know, a phobie, Sabal and Ballard were some really good signings and everyone was very, very positive about them. And then it's just how the season's played out, the first five games. Obviously, you don't want to don't want to be panicking too early, but the first five games really highlight issues that we all have that I think we've all known about and maybe we're kidding ourselves a bit about, you know, when we're we're struggling to break teams down, obviously the, the losses and, and the draws we had. Yeah. You just expect more from the bench, especially. You turn around at the bench and, you know, bringing on George Evans as a as your late attacking substitute as you go for a winner isn't isn't that inspiring and now Matt Smith's got a, a starting place we'll see if that continues but if he's starting then we are really lacking on the bench and there's just key areas and and yeah like Aaron says it's just it is underwhelming I think it's a a real highlight of where Millwall are at the moment I think this is probably the biggest insight into how we are doing financially um I think COVID has hit everyone hard, but it's looking like, you know, whether this is just poor recruitment or literally having your hands tied by a lack of finances that we couldn't really do more business because of an inability to shift. You know, the names that Aaron said earlier, there's plenty of players. I I even wonder if, you know, the likes of Alex Pearson and Matt Smith were kept on because maybe the, the, they were told or the or Rowett was told, you know, we probably won't be able to afford to replace them. So Yeah, they're done the cheap. Yeah, keep them around. I reckon, you know, if they both agreed reduced reduced fees slightly, probably better than having to stretch and, and get someone who's maybe a bit more exciting. But yeah, it's where we're at at the moment. I, it's concerning. I, I don't understand. I mean, my, my, my logic may be sort of fuzzy and I might be a bit stupid sometimes. But 
why did Mar- was Marlon Romero allowed to leave when Danny McNamara is injured? I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll have a go at answering that one, Ryan. I mean, I think with, I'm trying to think of the most diplomatic ways that I can. He wanted to go. He wanted to go. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 it in a nutshell. Um, and there are many, many reasons that lie behind that. You could argue on both sides because um, although players don't become bad overnight, he certainly hasn't been playing to his um, the potential that we saw a few years ago. Um, I, I find the, his departure quite sad, if I'm going to be honest, because he is a good player. He has been a good player for Millwall, both in League One and then in the Championship. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's probably at that level as a player. I mean, you can always pick fault in anyone's game. And, I mean, I've seen online today, um, you know, the quality of the crossing. But that's, he's not the only player that we've had that has struggled to beat the first man with his crossing. But he's, for me, he's, he's been one of our better players in the last five yeah. to six years. I think it was 2015 he made his um, debut. Um, I mean, Ryan, I mean, I, I think the departure of, of Marlon Romeo without you know, any obvious um, replacement. Danny Mack is, is injured. Um, and, you know, we'll be playing Billy Mitchell or Ryan Leonard out there, I guess, in, in, in his absence. Um, yeah. It is both sad. It is, for me, the product of um, things that are stupid, if I'm going to be really blunt, because there was no need for Marlon Romeo and the issues that lie behind that have been debated a thousand times online. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It leaves the club lighter and weaker. And thinner, yeah. the squad thinner. I think that's and that, that I'd have to disagree with you when you started. Then that we're saying it's it's many many reasons. Um, realistically, I think it is mainly one reason. Um, obviously, the, you know, the idea of him maybe losing his place and and he's never really been truly loved or embraced by the the Millwall fans. But you know, I think I think we've all seen over the last well less than twelve months really for him that it's almost become an untenable place for for him from a personal perspective. I'm sure. To uh to stay at Millwall and and it's hard you know there will be people who say that if a player says well they want to leave it's a bit like the Fred saying well I want to leave I'm not going to play mm. then you know we should not give them the courtesy of letting them leave um you know stick them in the reserves and kind of let them rot sort of thing but like you say I think the club realised that Marlon's an asset and you know if he goes out and has a successful loan we can still get a bit of money from um I I highly highly doubt we'll ever see him play for Millwall again. I don't uh, think so. No, not uh, now. But alone is probably a better option than having sold him now for a very low wage, um, or for a very low fee at least. So it, it has left us in the lurch massively. It has. I mean, I, I was interested um, to see. Uh, is it Danny Cowley, Aaron, who's the manager at Portsmouth? Bumpy? Yeah, Bumpy, yeah, yeah. So um, Danny Cowley's comments to one of the papers. I can't remember for the life of me which one is. It might have been London News Online, but it might have been News at Den. Um, he made the point that Mill have been flexible and have kind of made the deal happen. Um, it comes back to what you're saying there, Ryan, that, um, you know, there are, the, the, the reasons he's left may, may be um, in, in some eyes, you know, um, justifiable or not in some people's eyes. But we've actually made a player that should hold value. We've, we've bent over backwards to arrange a deal that sounds like we're helping Pompey out slightly in, in terms of... Um, finance of it I guess I don't know but certainly if we've bent over backwards to make that deal happen it seems a bit um arse about face to borrow an old phrase my old mum used to use seems a bit arse about face when we should be getting value for him yeah but there we are he's, he's he's gone and I think as you say Ron he ain't gonna come back so 
that may make make some people quite happy about that. I don't mean. You know what, Nick? I think what's disappointing for me is is the fact that Tyler Bury and um, Isaac Alafa are both allowed to sort of leave on yeah. their Well, yeah. Yeah. you know, just it's. I just think that sort of the you know the folly of youth could be a good little injection of of just. Just a bit of excitement, a bit of buzz, ability, yeah, yeah. yeah. Into, into into what is a squad that is evidently kind of just not I'd, I, well, dragging it's not, along, but yeah, dragging along. I'd, I'd say, and I don't know what you think about this, right? I mean, I, you know, we we said at the start of the show how the the signings over the summer injected some excitement, some buzz. I mean, it's not not three or four weeks since Harry was. Um, you know, uh, uh, speaking highly positively, so you know, and it, it reflects a certain buzz that was in the air at, at the then. That seems to have gone out the window now. Yeah, that's because everyone expected more to be done. Yeah, well, even it's just, um, I think a, a stronger start would have made people happier as well. But as soon as the games, you know, don't really work out, and it's like I said before, where when you look at the bench, there's just nothing. And and Rao, it seems to quite clearly have his favourites who play. Um, it's yeah. it why it's why the Shea Ojo transfer does surprise me a bit. If I'm if I'm Conor Mahoney now, I'm asking to leave. I'm I'm asking I'm I'm going in January or at least in the summer. I want you to sell me as fast as you possibly can, because he's not even under Harris. He struggled a bit, but he's not had a run in the side. I don't think he's played more than four games or started more than four games in a row since signing. And I know he's been slightly wishy washy, but that's also down a bit to injuries, and he's just never been given faith. I mean, so little faith that Rowett has adopted a system that doesn't have wingers in it in the the five three two. Mm-hmm. I know he played a slightly different one against Blackpool, but it's the five three two that we've been playing for the longest time at the moment. Um, and he has so little faith in him that he can't get in the team. He's been playing at wing back, you know, maybe a, a run in the cup every now and then, and then all of a sudden you get someone else in on loan who plays in his position, and. That speaks to me about the the faith that Rowett has in certain players, and you know whether or not he's right or wrong about that. I mean, we don't see them every day, and we we barely see him on the pitch anyway, so <laughs> it's hard to be a judge. But it looks like it's from what looked like a very smart transfer window from the start. It's ended in something that seems a bit of a shambles, mate. I, I for me, it was the expectation. The, the buzz around the club was clearer, clearer, clearer. You know, there's going to be this sort of mass exodus and we're going to get rid of all the shit. Let's be fair. They got rid of Shane Ferguson, someone who I would have kept. I think he was just, you know, he's a, he's a really solid squad player. Sean Williams left Frank Field in. And then, you know, you see George Alexander and James Brown. That, that's not a clear up. There is no clear up. Frank Field in one game in in two years and what he got stretched off after half an hour or something like that. You know, there was no clear up. Was it a case of simply people didn't want to buy it? Was this the car boot store where everything that's not sold at the end of the day is put in the bin? What 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 is it? I'm 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 trying it's to definitely understand. people don't want to people didn't want to buy the players. I think I think Rowett was pretty clear the whole time about we need new. We need more players, which is also, you know, something. Again, he's been, he was quite actively saying we need to build. We need to depth. We need to have some different options. Um, and we couldn't. But he was quite clear of saying we we need to sell some players first. We need to get some players off the books. And I mean, what team would take John Daddy Vodvarsson based on his last season? He's probably not going to be any anywhere close to earning what he's earning now. Tom Bradshaw as well. I don't see even a League One side not fancying taking him. I think it's 
it's so hard to move players on unless you have a very, very smart sort of team doing that. I mean, Chelsea, who have a, like, you know, a Marino Gravisquire doing that for them and had a really good year of it this year. They've struggled in the last couple of years to move players on. And even they didn't manage to move on everyone they wanted to. And they've got, you know, decent players, whereas try try selling on shit. Um, and it's where Millwall are. And I think that that's what I mean earlier about it, showing us where our finances are, that it is very much maybe like that club in Ibiza. Maybe it is that one-in-one-out policy. That's why, that's why I did ask about, you know, the other week, and I know a lot of people, you know, it, it rumbled up a debate on social media. Sorry, guys. But, you know, I had to ask the question. What is the ambition for John Berylson? From what I understand, he's putting in nine, ten million pounds of his own money a year into the club. What is he getting out of it? How is he planning to make a return out of this? And how is he is he trying to make the club sustainable? What what's he trying to do? Because effectively, it's this sort of endless cycle of optimism, and then you know, mediocrity. Mediocrity yes, would be the word yes, I would I would yes. use because it's been a very mediocre start for the season well, every, every, everyone t- talks about how it's a fantastic middle squad and you know I was reading previews from from these EFL pundits mm. Um, mm. saying that you know middle squad's great if they don't get top 10 then it's a failure and it's great I don't think that squad's great on paper it doesn't look great you've got some quality in there granted in the likes of Cooper and, and Scott Malone's a fantastic fullback and of course Jeb Wallace will, will fish you out of trouble but that's not a squad that can challenge for the playoffs when you've got other teams who have, let's be fair, you know, an embarrassment of riches in 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 their armory. Um, it's 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 not it's not great, Nick. I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll never compete with the big boys of the championship, the financial big boys. I'm talking about. We we just can't. It's, it's, but what you can do, by, and, and you've, you've spoken a few times, um, Aaron, about, um, about Luton Town, and, and there will be yeah. other, you know, and, and I've seen some good results and some bad results for Luton this season. So, you know, let's not elevate them too, too far too quickly. But they, they're building something. They have a style that they seem to want to work towards. And I'm not sure that Gary Rowett knows what style he, well, I think he knows what style he wants. But A, he doesn't have the players. I'm not sure he's got the support at the den particularly to play it. My, my question is, Nick, um, is he building a system? Is there a structure going in place? Are we looking at um, someone who's trying to build a recruitment model? What, what are we doing? That's my question. Again, yeah. I'm going to question it again. What are we doing? Is there a recruitment model going in place? Is someone going to try and you know, maybe put in a, a recruitment structure. Are they going to go for a certain type of player? You see clubs, they go for certain types of players. You know, um, Dara at Peterborough, he goes for players that he knows that they can coach and they can build and they can sell on. Mm-hmm. Brentford go for a certain type of player. Fulham go for a ready-made type of player yeah. or based off data. Everyone does different things. But what are we doing? What, what are Millwall going to do now? Because, yeah. you know, it's another transfer window which I feel has been wasted to an extent and I mean the, the, we're, the, we're going to sit here in, in January praying for signings to be honest if I was Gary Rout I'd be sat going mate who are the free agents and, and who, we can, who can we pick up Achtung, Jack Wilshire's without a club mate Jack Wilshire would change the atmosphere in that ground flip it on its head am I not I don't no, know I think, wrong, it, right? I think signing Jack Wilshire would make the atmosphere much worse personally but really um, 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't like Jack Wilshere. Why? Because <laughs> I, I don't think he's very good. Nick? And I don't think he has a. I, I think the reason he's not with a club right now is because of personality issues behind the scene rather than anything to do with on the pitch. Ahmed El Mohamedi would change the atmosphere. <laughs> do you think the problem is? I think I, I completely agree with what you're saying about the profile of player you're signing as well, Aaron. Though, because um, we're not, we have no saleable assets in the squad at all. I think if you look from all every single player in our squad, our one saleable asset is now ten months away from leaving for free. Yeah, and there is literally no one else in that squad who maybe Jake Cooper. Is, mm-hmm. and, and Jake, even, if he gets his head together, yeah, he's, start, yeah, yeah. he's not started the season fantastically, but you know, the older he gets, the less valuable he gets, which is, yeah. you know, potentially maybe for a centre back, he, he holds on to his value for a bit more. But beyond that, we have literally no one in the squad. Danny Mack is potentially going to be one, but I can't see him being a, a world beater. He'll be a very good middle player, but I can't see him necessarily going all the way to the, the top levels of the game. So it's at the moment, we really do just seem to be scrambling around and, and pulling pieces together, you know. And for a time, that worked. Sticking plasters on, I think, you know, signing George Evans was a good signing when we had the chance. I know you were a fan of Keith Bell before, Aaron, and it, and it was a good signing when we had the chance. But sticking plasters on holes in a squad, you know, eventually you, you run out of skin to cover and it, and it falls apart. I think what's what's struck me with the season so far, we we have played five games. I keep getting my numbers wrong, listeners. Uh, We've played five games and we have been in in matches for very short periods of time when we've maybe played a more open style than Gary Rowett lined us up to to begin with. There was the manic start at QPR back on opening day where, you know, all all kind of shackles are thrown off and it was was hell for leather, which wasn't sustainable as, as we saw then. But it certainly was exciting to watch. And I think what's disappointed me rather is is that we seem to be allowing our most exciting prospects. And you've you've mentioned um, Tyler Bury, Aaron, and I'm just looking at Isaac Alofa going to Sutton, and uh, the other end of the pitch, Alex Mitchell's gone off to to Leighton Orient on loan, both for developmental reasons, and that's a good thing. But um, these are exciting young players. Now, if you field exciting young players mixed with some old salts and some old sweats to kind of pull them along then there's a plan, there's a mill structure, one that we can all relate to because that's kind of the club that we have been historically and at our most exciting periods in our history, that's kind of what we've we've put together, young talent mixed with older hands. Um, but you can see some direction. I'm, I'm just rather concerned since the start of the season that we look a little bit like we're floundering. And, you know, uh, Gary Rowett's approach has been to take a, I don't know what, what you would call it, a, a kind of a defensive stance mostly, and that's gone out the window because the defence has not looked on point. Um, we've gone to 4-4-2 on occasions. I wonder whether um, 4-4-2 is going to be the way he goes with Shea Ojo coming in, a winger, um, described as such. And, and he's, um, I haven't seen enough of him to really know what he's about, but he's described as a winger with some some good experienced boys. I mean, you know, he's played abroad, yeah. he's played in France, he's played, um, you know, Rangers in Scotland. It's, and in the Premier League, it's not like he's without experience. But I would have thought, and maybe you two can correct me, that you'd probably stick him on the wing and tell him to get down and attack like a traditional winger would do. Um, yeah. And that's where Jed's looked at his at his best this season. And, you know, I, I just get a sense that Gary Rowett is trying to knock round pegs into square holes to suit um, a plan that he believes to be the modern style. I'm not sure. Well, it's is, is, he, is he treading water? 
We we are treading water, but the club no, is Jerry Rowett treading water. I would. That's that's a hard question to answer because a couple of times on the shows, people have asked. You know, he's he he's tactical nous and judgment seems to have deteriorated with the departure of Callum Davidson up to up to St Johnston, who interestingly are doing quite well in the very Scottish. well. Um, and have played. Is it the Conference League they're in, or is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, the they're they're out now. They got knocked out. Okay. But, yeah, but still, even in those two games, I think we drew away in Turkey and right. yeah, and uh, and Lask as well. So, like, but still doing well. well. I mean, they're playing Perth in Scotland, the far flung parts of Perth. So they're doing well by by Perth standards. Let's put it that way. Um, no, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know Gary Rowett and I don't know Callum Davidson. I, I'm not in a position to judge. But it, what I do know is what I've seen on, on my follow last year and now in the games we've seen at the Den. And it's just, it's, it's, it's miserable. And I think that's, that, there's, there's, there's so much potential um, with the, the, you know, the kind of buzz of the crowd and the signings we've made. And it seems to me that, um, was it Harry said, we're, we're trying to drive a car with a handbrake on. And I just wonder whether there's, Gary Rowett's tactical now is now in question, um, which he won't like to hear, I'm sure. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's my take. It's hard because, I mean, there, there definitely has been a shift. I mean, I, like whether or not it is down to Davidson leaving or, or what, whatever's might have happened or whether or not anything happened at all. But, you know, when, when Rowett came in and you do get that bounce and you get that kind of new ideas, the the 5-2-3 with uh, that front three, you know, it's Bradshaw and, yeah, yeah. and Wallace and, and then Bennett came in. It was working fantastically well, you know. The away wins, we're just struggling at home a bit. But now, when it's slightly shifted, I mean, it's so defensive. And I don't know. I mean, you've been watching me a lot longer than me, Nick, or slightly longer than me. Um, I am. Have you ever seen too many managers completely change the, the atmosphere? I mean, it is. I feel like the atmosphere and the the crowd support is starting to to wane. There was certainly um, comment around me. I was in block one um, last week against Blackpool and, you know, you'd have to be a deaf person not to not to hear the comments. I mean, it's, it's not at Holloway levels yet, but it won't be far short of it if it continues to be... Do you reckon? Do you reckon, yeah. do you reckon we're on our way sort of that way? Well, I, I mean, I can only go by the, the, the feel of the crowd. I mean, um, and... There, there, there was uh, trying to find the right words for it. There was sharp comment. Let's put a sharp comment about what people were seeing against Blackpool, mostly because Blackpool were down to ten men and managed to get themselves in front with a, mm-hmm. as they were playing for. They they come to park the bus and they parked two buses once they went down to ten, and then they hit us on the break, which you could kind of see coming. I don't know if you'd agree with that, yeah. Ryan. I mean, I I felt that as soon as I I said I, I don't claim to be any kind of. Um, football judge but I said in real time surely now's the moment for Conor Mahoney to come in mm. with a man that's, advantage and yeah and that's what I mean I think with that that game's a prime example I think where I know a lot of people would have said it where we, we you know we kept five at the back for what 65 we minutes we did and what yeah. I think at the moment it's substitutions happen late I know it happens it is kind of a feature of Rowett but the substitutions do happen late and I think I don't know if that is a choice of his where he thinks they have a bit more impact when they come on late. Obviously, Matt Smith has done well off the bench, so sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. But Or is it just a matter of turning around and kind of going, what what can I do? You know, it's it's hard. And that's where I feel, I think, Mahoney missed out on a squad a couple of weeks ago because of what Rowett deemed as, uh, you know, performance issues. on in yeah, training or whatever. yeah, so yeah. yeah. I, I just feel like he doesn't fancy quite a lot of the players. I think the fact that Tom Bradshaw, 
barely got a game. Even Bod, like Bod Varson last season was constantly picked ahead of Bradshaw. Bradshaw, I don't know, I don't have the stats to hand, but I imagine Bradshaw got hardly any starts and quite a few off the bench. And he just never got a start where for everyone was going, why are we persisting with Bodvarsson, who now isn't anywhere near the squad, whereas Bradshaw's still on the bench but can't come off or can't come on the pitch. So there are clearly four, four or five players maybe who, who Browett doesn't seem to fancy. I'm not 100% sure if he fancies Alex Mitchell or Alex Mitchell, sorry, um, Billy Mitchell at the moment. Billy, I, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, know, I, I know he likes Keith Belt. I, I know Keith Belt has been putting in a lot of tackles, but... I'm really not very impressed with him. I think he he's a bit like a midfield Matt Smith where he's really good at one thing but then limits you with everything else you want to do. He can and and even his tackling let us down for that Blackpool goal. So, you know, would the fans just be slightly more on side if if Billy Mitchell's in the midfield doing a bit of running? I know now he's probably going to be at right back, but you know, it's it's there's an odd sort of vibe with uh, some of the squad and some people who you think might be playing, but but like you say we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know you know, you have to assume Gary Rout has a lot more knowledge than us about football, but um, it is a bit, it's an odd one still. It would be nice start... to see it. It would be nice to see it. I mean, because I mean, if, if I'm sitting there in block one by all the shit and I'm saying, surely now we, we, make, we make a change at 20 minutes um, or even at half time, if you want to be generous. If I'm saying that when I've never worked in the football industry, then you'd have thought that he would be thinking it. But And if he's not thinking it, why isn't he thinking it? Because the game was there to be taken. Um, Blackpool were honest opponents and they, they'd certainly made the most of what they had. But I didn't see, um, you know, the next level of football um, artistry from them. So what, why, why is he not thinking it? I, the thing that strikes me, boys, is when, when Gary Rowett first arrived, when, in the aftermath of Neil Harris stepping down, and Neil, I think, had reached the end of his particular road and the style was being seen as very predictable that we were playing. Everyone knew what to expect from Millwall. Gary Rowett's initial um, period saw what he, I, I can't remember how he described it, but it, 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 he, he said something on the the, uh, the club video channel about he's, he's got one or two changes he wants to make in the way that the, the players approached the, um, you know, each game. And we saw that odd period where um, Jake was given license to get forwards and yeah. um, just very small changes. The players just took a touch. They passed the ball rather than, hoofed it and I thought well this is refreshing this is this is this is um this is a change you know it, it, it was Millwall but it was it was played with a little bit more nous and a little bit more salty and we built up to that probably his high point Ryan I I, I think was the the yeah. away win at, at Forest and ever since then it's by steps downwards it's been getting less and less interesting to watch and towards the end of the season, I mean, I was forcing myself to watch it just purely because I set myself up to do a podcast. I thought I've got to see this, the, the the thing, and, and culminating in that those thumpings we saw in um, late April. And there's something going. There's, there's, I, I believe players are intuitive. They know when the manager isn't what he's cracked up to be. They know when he's um, faking it. And I think that there's a sense. That this bloke in charge doesn't make the changes that the bloke in block one can see up there, and I think there's that there may be a bit of that about. Yeah, you get a bit of the vibe of um, late era Neil Harris, where who's who's afraid to lose, where we yeah. always be playing for the draw. Um, I did have a bit of that feeling about me at, at Blackpool um, last weekend. Whether or not that's that's too harsh, but do you think he's a, do you think he's afraid to lose, or do you think 
he's kind of getting to a place where he doesn't care. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to say that about someone. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to hope that about manager. You know, that's uh, it's it's hard. I don't know if it's about whether he he doesn't want to lose, or because I don't think a number of draws. I mean, we we had that run of what sixteen games with probably like thirteen draws in, wasn't it last season? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so he, he clearly likes to draw. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know whether it's just a belief. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is, this is what we were getting when 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 Millwall brought Gary Rowe in. This is what they were getting. They were getting a manager yeah. who's. Uh, sort of, you know, like a, a, he's he's pragmatic. He's a, a B Tech Mourinho, effectively, like that. You know, he's, he's Mourinho, where you know he's the base metal model Tesla. He hasn't. That's been a great upgraded. description. I like. That. I'm going to nick that one, Aaron. B Tech Mourinho. Mourinho. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's what he is. You know, he's he his teams have never been attacking. They've never looked to push. His first two signings at Derby were Curtis Davis and Tom Huddleston. That doesn't say, you know a lot, then I don't know what does. My question is now, you know, yes, he's beaten Blackpool and the pressure is somewhat relieved of him. You got West Brom away on, on, on September the 11th. That's, that's going to be it's very gonna be a tough away gig. I, I I mean, certainly the pressure is building on Gary Rowett. I mean, I, I think the, that, that late, late header by Jake Cooper, who'd had a mare on Saturday um, against Blackpool, um, um, redeemed himself with, if you know what I mean, he's, he's, he's pulled the he pulled his side out of trouble by winning that late, late header, and that relieved the burden on Gary Rowett for the moment. Um, I think if we start to take um punishment like Fulham level punishment again, which we may well do at West Brom, Brian, I mean, I think that it's going to be it's going to get progressively tougher for him as September proceeds because um, Neil Harris had some love, you yeah. know, he was he was Neil Harris, yeah. Um, Gary Rowett doesn't have that kind of love, and um, I, I, I it. I don't like calling for anyone to, to be to, to be no. in trouble. It just doesn't sit right with me. I mean, that's not what I've, when I was a union rep, you try and keep people in work, not, not get them out. But football is, is an industry of itself. And I can't see that pressure. I can only see that pressure building if we don't start to get results quickly. Yeah. I mean, give, give, it, give it three weeks, Nick, and you'll be out with Harry with your, your row out banners every week. <laughs> it's row I, I would never do that. Row out, sorry, yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, it's an odd one. I think, like, like you say, you don't want to necessarily see someone lose their job, and you don't. I don't necessarily know if that'd even be the right move for for Mill. You know, you, sometimes the devil knows worst, and well, it costs. Know, it will cost a lot of money, that's for sure. Because that's uh, true as well. If the club can't afford to bring anyone in, um, I, I wonder how bad it will be to to bring someone out. But I, just, um, I, I know, obviously, everyone's going to say, you know, negative, negative, negative. There is an element of that, but there's also an element of realism, you know, that we can't yeah. sit and we can't sit with like rose mill tinted glasses and well, I was gonna say Ari's bar tinted glasses. He <laughs> 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 Ari's tinted glasses and say, you know, that everything's great, the shit smells beautiful, because it doesn't. And well, the league table does not lie, as the cliche says. Mate, you know, points make prizes, and at yeah. the end of the day, Mill won't be winning any prizes when they're not picking up points. But then again, you know, it all comes back down to recruitment. I I feel like I've been banging on about it for two yeah. years now. For two years, I've been crying for recruitment. Now, I mean, you know, I, I looked at Gareth Ainsworth at Wickham yesterday. He released two players, Alex Samuel and Scott Cashkit. And the, the fans, are like, they understood. Because he's turned around and gone, in about two or three weeks' time, there's going to be some players who are desperate for a contract like freebies who are desperate for a contract, and I'll go make my move then. Is Gary Rowett 
as shrewd an operator as, as Gareth Ainsworth to go and say, I'll go and get that. I don't know. Will he I'm be just, doing it? I don't know. I'm just looking you know, at, I mean, Aaron's sent on our WhatsApp listeners a, a list of um, free, free transfers. I think they're players without um, contract, aren't they, Aaron? And then you've got, you've got some names. You've got mentioned Wilshire, Jack Wilshire. There's Nathaniel Mendes Lang, Daniel Sturridge, knocking around out there. Um, I mean, whether we can afford the wages, but then again, if, if it's two or three weeks time, they're not in work, then I suppose that would narrow your focus on wage expectations, rightly or wrongly. Wilfred Boney, you've got... Mate, here. I'll go for El Mohamedy. He plays El right. Mohamedy. He can play midfield. He's always fit. Robson Canu, um, Mo Bezic, you know, I mean, there's, there's names in there. Um, whether that is his game, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We, we remains to be seen. I mean, what I do see is that um, the players that the player that left us, Marlon, is the main name that's left us, gone on loan, probably forever gone now. Um, was seen at least by Pompey and and apparently by others. It's which we were to, I saw mentioned was seen as a player of of worth. Um, the players that have stayed, if you discount Jed Wallace, who is in his own category, and we're very thankful for him remaining. But Ben Thompson was another one that was rumoured to be leaving. He didn't. He didn't go. John Daddy. Um, is still here, um, and then the others you've mentioned already, Tom Bradshaw and and others, and it's just interesting to see who's still here because clearly other clubs don't see him as worth worth investment. It's amazing that clubs in in League One and stuff don't see John Daddy Bodvarsson as as you know. He's shown nothing for us, has he? Um, I'm just I want to I want to leave the show on a positive note because I'm interested by Shay. Is it is it Shay or is it Shay? Shay Ojo. Shay Ojo. Um, just looking at the Near Post podcast, have published some numbers. Um, this is from his championship season last year at Cardiff. Um, Twenty five starts, sixteen off the bench, which is interesting. So that's quite a lot from the bench. Um, good numbers at five goals, seven assists, key passes twenty one, and, and shots thirty six, and so it goes on. He, he does look like a dangerous, attacking minded player, and I think it's welcome to to see that coming inwards if it wasn't the the central creative midfield i think i, I think you called for our aaron and and, and you Ryan too. well a 10 a 10 would be nice i mean yeah, ben, uh, ben thompson's still around isn't he ben thompson's still here. yeah 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 uh everyone thought he, he'd be disappearing but he's still there yeah um i think it's the lack of i mean maybe it's financially imposed i'm sure anyone with, with an unlimited budget could be another pep couldn't they but you know, uh, we don't have an unlimited budget. We've got to be realistic. And the club was hit hard by the impact of COVID and no, no, no fans. Um, well, I think we should. There's a, there's a there's a school of thought, and I think I slightly belong to this. Um, that we should be grateful to be still be in existence, let alone um, worrying about whether we can sign top draw players. But that's it's in the nature of the football fan to always want to be, um, you know, for sensation to to. To rule, so we're going to see. I mean, it's going to be interesting for a few weeks to come, boys. I think because you know, if, if those are players that are available, the one that um, Aaron's put around there, I mean, there are some big names in there. Will will things change from here? I don't know. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello. So this is my voice notes for Mill's transfer window, which I'll tell you what, at first, with this window, right at the beginning, we were looking out on it with signings such as Long, who's a great number two goalkeeper, uh, a selection for for Bart. George Savile, the return of him, what a signing that was, and Benica Fobe. It really did seem like, for once, you know, we were going where managers at Millwall said that we've wanted to go before. You know, we've said we've wanted to sign higher calibre and class players, and we did. And it was so early in the window, we also thought, would this be the typical Millwall that, you know, we, we do the uh, signings early and then nothing happens. But there seemed to be so much talk of players coming in and so much talk of movement and so much talk of players going out to fund other moves. So for Millwall Football Club, this didn't seem like the normal transfer window, but it just, it just petered into nothing. And that window that we were looking out of, just had, you know, like a rather thick pair of neck curtains or, or black black blind coming down over it because there wasn't really much else, was there? Um, the club made a big deal about Mitchell, uh, not Billy Mitchell, but the chap who played really well against Arsenal and, you know, they put him on social media everywhere and he played in the League Cup and everyone was making a really good point about him and you had this this potential that everyone was banging on about and he's now gone out on loan. Granted, yes, he he may be a bit too young for the first team. Same with the boy who's gone back to Sutton on loan. It was probably was the right move because he may not be ready for the championship. But the problem is we have at the moment is that there's no one who's keeping these players out, is there? There's no one on actual real top form quality ability that's keeping these players stuck on the bench. Would we give these players a pump? Probably not. Probably not. But they'd have more chance of playing at the moment than behind Benekafobe if he was getting 20 goals by an hour or, you know, or if he was on course to a 20-goal season. But my issue with this transfer window is, is we've been letting the potential go and they've gone out on loan. And also the, the obvious issue with the right-back scenario. McNamara has been now as the number one. Marlon was a very, very steady number two. Um, up until recent events and you could argue that if McNamara was off his game that Romeo could slot in. We're now in a situation where we have no right back or no right wing back at the club due to injury. 
And that's no one's fault. McNamara getting injured is no one's fault. But we knew he was injured a while back. And we knew Romeo wanted to go for what, for whatever reason he wanted to go. We're not going to get into the politics about it again. But we knew he wanted to go. But the club don't focus on bringing in a right back. And I just find that baffling. And and yes, the windows technically were still open for low knees. But I've never been totally convinced with building such a big team of low knees or, or players who are on loan from other clubs who you probably won't be able to keep because unless they're like a Malumbi or an Afobi or someone you plan to get in really, really early and really, you know, nurture and get involved, it just seems to me that bringing in loan players after the window shut stinks of panic and was it finances, was it, I don't know what it was, but if we knew a few weeks back we'd be in a situation we'd have no right back. Crikey, O'Reilly, we should have done something about it. Let's just work on getting these players fit. If we need to bring people in on loan, then then so be it. Although I'm not a fan of it. But out of 10, the start of the window, we was on course for a good solid 8 out of 10 window. We, we're stuck really with a window that's just one of those old-fashioned ones that's above a bedroom door that's small and you don't really see much light through. So I'll give this window 4 out of 10. Common new lines. Jerry Scalak here um, on Millwall's transfer business this summer. Interesting and strange is probably my summary from it. Um, slow, um, lack of planning, I think. Um, let's go back to our first couple of signings. Um, obviously, a, a goalkeeper, which we've not really seen yet, but important that we have some um, some okay quality to back Bart up, just in case of any any injuries. Um, so that was a positive one. Um, Scott Malone signing permanently. Excellent business. Um, he was a star last season and continues to be one of the better performers this year. Great business. Um, and then we bring in um, George Savile, which I have the feeling that Rowett never really planned that. But then when he became available, and I'm assuming he wanted to come back to Millwall, we signed him because we've just got this plethora of central midfield players in a side which has tried to play three, it didn't work, and we've played two in the last um, few games. Um, but we're just overran with central midfield players at the moment. Um, so I'm not sure he necessarily planned to bring in Savile, but... You can't turn him down based off his performances last time. Um, so, although he's not looked himself just yet, um, I've still got quite high hopes uh, for him. But that's what makes it a bit strange and interesting. And then it's been pretty clear to see that Romeo's wanted out for a period of time. To not replace him is also quite strange. Um, I'm assuming we're probably going to use McNamara and Billy Mitchell as a backup. Um, but yeah, only one recognised right back in the side, uh, which is, again, if we do have a bit of an injury crisis, I hope we don't see Ryan Leonard there again, because he's hardly going to be bombing up and down that right-hand side. Um, Benicophobia, I think, is a good signing. Uh, we haven't seen um, us use uh, the best of his skills yet. I mean, I think... In fact, he's already got a couple of goals in a side which has pretty much been performing dreadfully this season. Is positive, but we need to play to his strengths. Um, and then the lad Ojo, who I don't really know a lot about, um, 
he's been around the block on loan. One of those Liverpool loanies that oh, you see the big size like Chelsea do it, just continuously loan people out for like six, seven seasons. Um, so we did need, you know, a bit more of an attacking flair. Um, however, I we still don't have that kind of number ten, um, which, you know, was what kind of we were talking about, kind of an attacking central player, which I think Rowett mentioned. Um, but then where does the number 10 play in this formation? Well, they, they don't fit in. Um, clearly, he doesn't fancy Mahoney. Um, so I think oh, you're going to see a front three of Ojo, um, a phobie and Jed Wallace, which on paper sounds pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's sort of a bit of strange imbalance. But I think the quality we've brought in has improved the squad and improved the squad depth. So that's positive. Um, and it's up to the manager to get his tactics right to fulfil the potential of some of these signings. Um, so I'm a bit more positive than uh, perhaps Michael is uh, on the signings, but obviously they mean nothing if you can't get them to click with our formation, which is a whole another voice note, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, I'd probably yeah, I think I'll give our signings um, a seven out of ten. Achtung. We need to because mm. we need to start getting results. Because if you if you're in the bottom three, <laughs> then yeah. um, it, the thing acquires its own logic. Yeah, I'll tell you something. You look at the fixtures after West Brom. Yeah, it's and a good run. That's a run where this is where points get picked up. Swansea away, Coventry at home. Obviously, Leicester in the cup is is a yeah, one off. Is it one off? Yeah. Forest away, Bristol City home, Barnsley away, Luton yeah. at home. Up until Sheffield United next... or Stoke, isn't it? So, mate, up until Sheffield United or Stoke, isn't it? I can't remember who comes. Sheffield first. United. St- I mean, so, I mean, I'm looking up until until around the next international break. There's yeah. five or six games there where you should be pick. Should be beating Swansea. Should be beating Bristol. Bristol City absolutely should be beating them. Yeah. You know, just yeah. There's Crucial months ahead. I don't want to call them six pointers because that's not what we're looking at. We, we're trying to be. Yeah. It was a very odd one, I think, Blackpool, that everyone was trying to kind of flirting around the word six-pointer already. I mean, it wasn't... But it's, it's never a great sign when that comes that early on. Um, it, it, is, it is a big, big period ahead. I think I think the system needs to change. Um, I don't know what you, you think, Aaron or, or Nick. I, I think the... Well, the, I, I, <laughs> I'm the shitting myself that you're going to bring in Shea Yojo and he's going to end up playing as a wing-back. Yeah, that is... Uh, <laughs> I'm very worried about that. Central concern. I mean, the, the, the system, yeah. I mean, anything that produces more excitement um, on, on the, in the stands. I mean, I, I, we, we came into this season with, I mean, I think I fell for it. I'm, I'm a sucker. Our listeners, I'm a sucker for, you know, the optimism. And I think we were talking about, you know, top six and top 10. And at the moment, it's hard to see that given how we started the season. And if we, you know, if Jed is gets injured, or if if for any reason he's not available to us, then we are really bereft because I can't see much else. If Conor Mahoney's not going to come in, and he's not he's not really ever had a run, and he's not ever really played to his potential, then it's hard to see what else we've we've got beyond, um, you know, bread and bread and gruel. So, um, yeah, a crucial couple of months ahead. We 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 will see, boys. I, I know I'm really hoping that there's more in the middle story for the season. Um, I just want to 
close us. I mean, this, this is a quick show, listen, a quick reaction show to yesterday's transfer window. I just want to close by, um, I know he's become unpopular, but we've, we've, we've lost a good player in, in Marlon Romeo. And I'm just looking at his record, 204 appearances, chap, 17 off the bench, four goals in those 200 odd appearances. And a member of a side that got promoted via the playoffs in, in 2017. Some fantastic cup runs, which included him. And I just think it's it, 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 was, it was a sad way for it all to finish because um, he's one of our better players in recent years. So um, I'm probably going to generate a whole load of Twitter storm there. But I just want to say thank you, Marlon Romeo, for everything you've done. Because um, despite it all, he's one of our better players in recent times. I really hope you back that whole section with a bit of soul to soul. Soul to soul, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, again, just to come back, at, um, I think, Ryan, you said earlier in the show how he was never really loved it, but then um, I, I, I disagree with that. I remember going up to Rotherham, and I can't remember what season this was, when just shortly after Marlon had come into the game, and on the on the train, I got my picture with him, was Jazzy B, and I took my picture with, with Jazzy B, because that's from Marlon's dad. And there was a huge amount of, um, you know, good vibe in this one carriage that took us on, on a rattler from Sheffield out to um, the wastelands of Rotherham. And he was being, you know, a lot of praise was being heaped on, on, on Marlon Romeo. So um, he, he may not go down in history as one of the best ever, but he's certainly a good player for Millwall. And he's, he's, he's gone down the M3, uh, the A3 now to, to Portsmouth. So there we are. Um, thank you, Marlon Romeo. That's all I want to say on the matter. Nice one, Marlon. Cheers, mate. There we go. Big thank you to Aaron for taking time out of his day and to Ryan also. I think you're at work, Ryan, aren't you? So um, probably ought to let you get along. Well, very much uh, working from home still. So uh, from home. Make me what you will. Working from home. (laughs) Good to talk to you, boys. And thank you, dear listener, for for tuning in. Do remember to vote for us in the um, Twitter, on Twitter, by posting I am voting for at Achtung Mill in the at the FCA's uh, for best podcast. And if anyone wants to, to donate to our Just Giving page to actually buy a ticket to the event. The uh, tickets are immensely expensive for what it is. We're <laughs> yeah. We've got no mornings. We'll see. That's what I'm going to say. If, if, we, if we're not winning it, I can go into that. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll wait and see how it goes. Big thank you, dear listeners. Support the Lions Food Hub and we'll be back um, after the international break. Until then, from Aaron and Ryan and my, yours truly, it's Arriva Dirty Mural. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Aston Mural. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arriva Dirty Mural. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? <laughs> 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.